0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Fails to Wins. And our first episode of the season is actually going to be a bonus episode that did not air last season. And so to kick off our resiliency season three, we're going to be having an interview with Dr. Malaika Grayson. She is the first F-I-R-S-T black woman. American black woman to receive a PhD with mechanical engineering and she's also the best-selling author of hooded about her journey on getting her PhD and I pre-ordered that John and it is amazing okay it's a great read I got it off Amazon I can read it on my phone reread it share it with others it's so awesome we had an amazing interview with her I do not want to spoil anything further so without further ado welcome to season three First episode of Resiliency with Dr. Malika Grayson. Okay. Welcome to Fails to Wins. I am Sabrina or Mina. This is Aisha. Yeah. Uh, we're both the co founders of intenttoheal.com, but we have a podcast called Fails to Wins where we talk about fails and how you turn them into wins. We want to share those nuggets with everybody. So we have Miss. Dr. Malika Grayson. Thank you so much for joining. Oh, Malika. I am so sorry. Dr. Malika (laughs) Grayson. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm
1: really excited. I appreciate the invite.
0: Yeah, I first saw your story on LinkedIn, like, I'd say maybe two months ago now and like, you know how random people just pop up on the feed and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when I, I saw like a really nice book cover called Hooded and I was like, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> and then that's kind of how that started. I'm like, Ooh, what's that? And I clicked on, Ooh, who made this? And then I saw your name, you put some, Oh my gosh, what's stimulus? Like <laughs> I, 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 was, I just kind of went down the the rabbit hole there and I was like, I just have to talk to this woman. So. Well, thank
1: you. I appreciate it. LinkedIn is a funny app or place because some things explode, right? On LinkedIn, just you doing the most simple things. Like when I had done, you know, just display the cover when I premiered the cover art, I didn't know that it would have taken off the way it did, right? It had like over 8,000 likes and it's almost up to 190,000 views. It was like crazy. (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh. So it's funny because now I have to really think about, okay, well, sometimes I just want to share an article, right? Um, And then I had all these um, different networking requests. And it's funny because when I think of LinkedIn, I think of, okay, building a network, but not building a network with, Random people, building your network with people who could actually help you in, in your network and you could help them in their network. Um, but uh, LinkedIn has become one of a, one of many great tools for me, I would say, to help hey, me absolutely. with pushing the book and
0: everything. Yeah, which I bought, I pre-ordered it. And then when I got yeah. the notification, I was like, ah. <laughs> so I've been reading it for the past couple of days. I'm not finished with it yet, but oh my God, I was going through. <laughs> I was going through. I know right it, it's it's interesting because I have to
1: I didn't really talk to my parents about it and uh my mom she thought she knew everything and she thought she knew a lot about me and there's still so many things I could probably put in and one of the first things she said when she read it so she read it in one night because she she does everything on Kindle so you know it's it's faster for her and she's a really quick reader and she said wow, I, I didn't know you were going through some of these things. And I thought I knew everything. I was like, no, you don't know everything. And, um, you know, it's hard to understand it unless you're in it. So I'm, I'm glad I shared it. And I'm glad I was able to breathe a little bit when she, because she kept, now she's like, well, what happened there? And so what was the background? story? I was like, let's listen. You're going to have to wait till it's conversation time, Right because this was her first time kind of using Amazon Prime and everything. This is how badly she wanted to read the book. So she's in Trinidad and I can mail the book to her because their borders are closed. And I said, like, you could create an Amazon account and then buy the book on Kindle and you'll read it. But she's like, I want a paper copy because that's easier. I said, well, then you're going to have to wait till next year. And then you're going you're gonna to be late to the party in the conversation because everybody's going to know everything. And then you'll be like, wait, what? I don't know. <laughs> you know. It's like when somebody see the series finale or season finale and then yep. they tell you the spoilers. So that's what happened. So I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, and I'm glad people are like, it's resonating with people.
2: Yeah, I, I just saw a snippet of it. And when she told me about you and how she met you on LinkedIn, I was so, so, I'm always excited to meet an educated, especially an educated black woman. Like that excites me so much because like you said, in a part of your book, it's nice to see somebody that looks like you doing this. And I kind of, I'm kind of envious of myself now because I wish I would have read something like this earlier on in my life when I tried college and then not seeing some of those things and then turning mm-hmm. and I, I joined the military um because i felt like it would be easier to kind of get that leg up and that's where i met miss sabrina here so each road is is unique in its way but Lame. i'm so excited about hearing from you and actually seeing you we've been literally building this up <laughs>
1: No, this is exciting. So I'm glad we can get to have this conversation. And you know, I feel the same. I feel as if I, I wish I had something like this when I I was in school, and I wish I'd done it sooner. Um, um, but you know, I hope it, it's able to help a few people now. And it's not just if you're in school, right? It's just even if you are somebody in the military, somebody in the industry, somebody in the work space, and you go through those feelings. I talk about mental illness and being a black woman and being the leader of a team with and leading a team of people who don't look like you and you have that imposter syndrome or you feel as if okay this is going to be really challenging or people may not respect me or they don't respect me right or they expect so much more for you so it kind of aligns and resonates with people who aren't just going to school but so many other people which which um i think is really good
0: So if you don't mind, could you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey and your background? Sure. So I grew up in Trinidad and Tobago, Uh,
1: you know, Trinigal. I was there until age 19. And then I went to school in New York, Long Island, New York, upstate um, Long Island, New York at Adelphi University. And that is where I pursued my bachelor's degree in physics. And once I was done with my bachelor's degree, I ended up pursuing my degree, my PhD in mechanical engineering, and I decided to switch to mechanical engineering because of a summer undergraduate research experience I had in Atlanta, and it was one of the experiences that really helped me in terms of motivating me to pursue my, my PhD in mechanical engineering, because even though I was physics, I wanted to now see the theory of what I was learning be applied in real life, mm-hmm. right? And how I could impact and affect change and how I could bring that change and bring it back to Trinidad. So my research focused on renewable energy, wind energy in the built environment, um, leveraging the wind that we have coming in on the islands and mm-hmm. using it mm-hmm. to generate electricity in the cities that are on mm-hmm. the coastline. So that was really my motivation behind my research and kind of bringing in some of my culture and my upbringing into that. And once I finished my PhD at Cornell, I decided to do a rotational program because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, right? I'd spend five years researching or five years just going to this school in the middle of nowhere. And then all of a sudden, I was like, well, I don't want to do the same thing for the next two, three years. I need to take a break. I don't want to do research. I don't want to be in front of a computer because I had spent the last three years my PhD just doing modeling and simulation for my, my topic. And I got the opportunity to do a rotational program with a defense contractor. And that opportunity took me to California for a year. Then it took me to different parts of Virginia. Um, it, I was able to travel a lot across the country because of that rotational program. And once I was done with that rotational program, I decided to settle in Virginia for, I mean, for me, it's, it's really just, life is a bunch of rotations, right? Yeah. And so I think of this as a little bit of a longer rotation because I'm, I'm in a, what we call a final placement where I am an applications portfolio manager. So even though I did mechanical engineering in my PhD, and then when I graduated, I did systems engineering and software development. Now I do IT management and and more on the portfolio management side of of IT. Um, So it's been completely different. It's definitely been a a journey of all these different experiences and who knows where I'll be next day around this time, right? Who knows where the road is gonna take me? Who knows what rotation, um, air quotes, is going are going to be next for me. So that's just a little bit about me. Uh, I also have a blog called Black Girls Guide to Graduate School. And the Black Girls Guide to Graduate School was actually started a few months after I graduated from grad school. And it was started because I feel, felt as if I needed to be open about my experiences to help other women. And at that time, I just wanted to, you know, kind of release everything that I had gone through and it was really the fuel that I needed to put Hooded on the map, right? And, and generate the ideas when it came to Hooded. So I started Black Girls Guide to Graduate School. And once I was a year into that blog, I decided to start reviewing personal statements for free for any Black woman who wanted to go to graduate school. So I started that in 2016, or twenty sixteen Black Girls Guide to Graduate School. And then in 2017, reviewing essays. So since then, I've reviewed like over 150 essays now, at a, including this season because, because you know, the book and everything, we had a really, really busy season where we've had about 35 people in the past couple of weeks submit essays. I actually had to close submissions, which I usually don't do. I do it on a rolling basis, but I've been so overwhelmed with launch yeah. and, you know, there are only so many essays I could read. So I also, when I started it, it was just, me alone reading essays. And this year I have two volunteers, which I'm so grateful for because I can spread the wealth of knowledge to help more people, right? If it was just me, I would have never been able to get through half of them. So I hope I can open that back soon. And then that all that is done through um, my new LLC called Steminist Empowered. And Steminist Empowered was really created for me to use that as a platform to help encourage women and advocate for women who would like to pursue their graduate degrees. So I use that platform to partner with universities or companies who wanna talk about diversity and inclusion, who wanna talk about imposter syndrome, who want to talk about after reaching a network and uh, finding a mentor or sponsor and what that means and navigating graduate school as a person of color. So there's so many different topics that I've pulled from my experiences that I've now been able to, to kind of speak to, to help other people. And then of course, under that, we have the, the blog as well as the essay reviews. So there are a number of different things, just a little bit above me in so many words, but yes.
2: I'm like almost in tears because I think that's like, I know, I think it's amazing because we don't realize that we need it until somebody has gone through it and experienced it and then turns around and gives it back. And obviously it's needed because so many people are reaching out to you. Mm -hmm. The only question that I think I had um, while you were talking about your experience is what was the moment that said, I want to turn around. I know that you said you, you, you had a lot that was kind of built up and pent up but how did you get started on the idea of putting it into such a public place or feeling like you should give it to people instead of just keeping it with your friends or family and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and you know, I have never shared this much about myself, not even with my family. So I'm a pretty private and reserved person. (laughs) Um, You know, my dad, it's funny because if anybody ever met my dad, he says, minimum wage like I would say oh I, st- I said today was launch day so just the difference between my parents you know last week I was like oh it's launch day and I'm so excited my mom's like yes let's go blah blah, blah. how are we doing what are the orders looking like I sent my dad the same text oh today's launch day he sends back launch on <laughs> that's it and so to me, when it comes to my feelings and when it comes to, you know, my experiences, I'm a lot like him You then I'm, I'm super reserved. And if I'm going through a really hard time, I, also, I never really display publicly, right? Unless I feel like, okay, maybe I do want to share. And so I only recently started to share my struggles and share some of my background before, you know, you don't even know what I did for a living. Uh, and I think one really was the tipping point and that that pivot point was as I started writing blog pieces, I realized there were so many stories that I still didn't tell. There were so many, you know, experiences that I still didn't share. And I mean, there are only so many blog pieces I could write. And I am somebody I I enjoy writing the pieces, but at the same time, I'm like, this is gonna take me forever. You know, and if I get busy, then I fall off of my blog for months. And I didn't think it was fair. So I started, you know, writing a couple of pieces. And I remember one day I was actually in California. So this was about three years ago. And I had a friend, he came over and he, we were chatting and catching up. And I gave him one of my poems to read to actually, Sabrina, I think you've read, you've probably read it, it's the poem in the beginning of the book
0: a mile Mm -hmm. an hour shoes so Mm -hmm. I wrote
1: that and I I read that to him and he said yo this is amazing you should write more of this and you should actually publish this and I I was like yeah whatever (laughs) and uh but I started (laughs) writing piece by piece and I would pick up a chapter and I would write it then I would put it down and say oh you know nobody cares about my feelings so I would almost pull out any validation that somebody would give me I would take it back right and then I would stop writing Mm. and then something would happen either I would see that somebody post something or I would review a statement and then I would feel motivated again like okay the story is needed and I will write and then I would get demotivated again and then I would Mm. stop for months so it was only this I think last year I told myself 2020 is the year and this is before 2020 went crazy, but I told myself, 2020 <laughs> is the year, I'm going to finish this book, you know, because it was also as if it was therapy. Mm. And I felt mm. as if I had no closure from my undergraduate, ex- from my graduate experiences. And as people read the book, they will understand what I mean when I say I needed closure because of, mm-hmm. some, of some of those experiences I went through. And I just said to myself, I need to finish this book. I dedicated writing a word a day. And I started with a word a day. Some days I wrote one word. Some days I wrote, uh, you know, chapters, paragraphs in a chapter. And I think once I was done, I was like, okay, whether I decide to publish or not, I feel as if I finally have closure. Because it was almost like, okay, Mm. I'm finished with this diary of my life of this mm. portion of my life. And once I was done, I said, you know what? I think I am going to publish it. I had a friend edit the first paragraph for me and then I gave it to someone to read, um, someone else. And they're like, this is good. And I think you should you should publish it. And it was a, a tough process because I'm, I'm not a writer, you know? The, mo- the only thing I've ever written was my dissertation. And that was the worst writing experience ever. So mm-hmm. I'm not a writer. I, I like to, I'm a perfectionist. I'm like, okay, I like to see something, solve a problem and I'm done. And this is like a continuous iterative process of it feels like it's never finished. Yeah. Um, so I think being able to finish and then feeling that closure, that was definitely the, the push that I needed to see. It's time to publish.
2: Wow. Um, I'm uh, Thank you for continuing and finishing. Yeah. It's funny that your process of going through it, because I feel like I'm always telling (laughs) Sabrina just about the processes of (laughs) trying to start someplace. Like sometimes when it comes to book writing or even um, just some of the different projects and stuff, but knowing that you keep having all these different arrows pointing towards where you need to go and, like you said, the therapeutic standpoint in it, but then you do have those moments where you get kind of just blah, and all you can get out that day is just a little bit, Mm -hmm. right, it's inspirational to me, because again, you look like me, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I could, I I could hear it, I could see it, and I'm just like, your footsteps. <laughs> I'm like, you should, yeah, do do
1: that project. You know, it's the the hardest thing in all this is starting. I mm-hmm.
0: realize
1: it's starting every time I want to do something. The hardest thing for me is starting. It's just like even, you know, cleaning your room or cooking and stuff like that. You know, sometimes I don't feel like doing anything around the house, but once I start, then I'm like, okay, let's get this done. And so I think with anything, once you start it and once you, you look at it, not so much as this big project that you have to do, but you look at it in phases, you know what, phase one, I'm just going to work on acknowledgements. That was one of the things I did. Phase two, today, I'm just going to read over one chapter and do my edits. I'm not going to try to, you know, read it, edit and fix it. I'm just going to cross out the grammatics and then the next day I will fix the grammatics. So I think once I started to break it out in chunks like that, it helped. So that will definitely help. I think, you know, don't try to attack any project all in one, it will get done. Right. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be at some set pace. just give yourself that grace, let, you know, give yourself that grace to, to fail, to, stop to start to stop to start is okay
0: yep yeah, I feel like you're talking directly to me I don't care what you say Aisha All right, she's just <laughs> talking to me she's too to me. <laughs> <laughs> li- literally so I'm in the middle of writing like my fourth book right now and I just it's for my sister it's a business book and mm-hmm. a couple months ago, she said, I'm going to start a business. And it almost felt like she was telling me I want to get married. And there's so many things I want to tell her all at once. And so I was like, I'm going to write a book. And so I just sent it off to the editor a week and a half ago. And they just sent it back to me. And they just, they chopped it up and hurt my feelings. Oh. So you know how that process is? Yes. They said, oh, we love the base of your story, but this is garbage and this is garbage. Fix it. That's not what it they said, so but hard. that's what it felt yeah, like. I saw those I know, little red yeah. red tick marks and, and those cross-outs and comments with every little line. <laughs> I know the mock-ups are hard because I'm
1: like, well, damn, I, I don't want to do this anymore because it's yeah. too much work. And so I, I definitely get it, but just but even listening to yourself, you know, you said I I'm in the process of writing my fourth book. Yeah. That alone should tell you you could do it and you will do it and you're gonna get to the finish line. Yeah. Because you've been doing it, right? You yeah. you, you know to play a book. So that's amazing.
0: It hurts because you know once you write something, that's your baby. You'd have labored over it and like, you know, it's exactly. kind of sacred. Even though you're gonna publish it, it's still kind of sacred. And mm-hmm. it's almost like someone I gave some bun my baby to take care of and they said, Oh, your baby's hideous. Fix it. <laughs> I know, right? No, I totally understand.
2: <laughs> I like that um The both of you kind of pointed out how important it is to have, obviously, the right type of people in your corner. Because I I think if it wasn't for your friend telling you, like, this is really good, go ahead and do it. Like, if nobody said that to you, do you think that you would have gotten started or even gone forth and done it?
1: I I don't think so. You know, I feel like I'm trying to remember, I've been trying to remember, especially in this past week, when... I ever sat down and told myself, you know what? I think I'm going to publish a book. Yeah, like right? self-will. <laughs> yeah, self-will, right? And yeah. I don't think, that was never anything in my wildest dreams, right? You know, so all this right now, it's way more than I expected. And um, yeah, I I think you're right. If it wasn't for my friend or even me telling myself to finish it and telling myself, it's going to be with it. I had to have so many people validate me and the story along the way yeah. to make sure and tell me, yes, it's with it. Yes, you should publish. How's your book going? Like my cousins, oh. they would constantly ask me, how's the book going? You know, when are you going to finish? Um, when are you thinking of publishing? You did this yet? And I think because I knew people were waiting for me, mm-hmm. I it pushed me to, to get to the next step. And then once I got to the next step, they would ask me about the step after that. So no, definitely. And, you know, that's that's a great point.
0: It's so funny that you said that if people were waiting for you because it made me remember about in your book how um, people would ask, so what are you going to do after graduation? Mm-hmm. So what's next? <laughs> All right, yeah, oh, so let so me cross so the fun.
1: stage. Let, let me let
0: me make it across the stage, So. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember... Um, so I, I do have an undergrad, I have one, I'm working on my second one, but I have one in applied medical science, but I remember when, um, after I got that degree, I was like, oh, I got a degree, I'm like, you can't tell me anything, but, uh, when I was in high school, I felt like, oh my god, I'm gonna fall off the face of the earth, what am I gonna do with my life?
1: <laughs> exactly, hey, that's funny you say that, because that's how I feel, every day sometimes I I actually uh told my partner last night, I said, I told him, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Ooh. And I'm okay with that before I would get really flustered, like, okay, what is my next step? What is my next role in this company? What is my next role in life? And I have decided to just ride the wave and go through the motions. I know what I'm passionate about and I'm, I'm blessed to be able to do what I'm passionate about in terms of work with universities and speak on my story and then I'm blessed to have a job that you know can that pays me to pay my bills until my passion can pay my bills and I think me constantly sitting now trying to think okay what is that thing that I want to do for the rest of my life who knows right who knows I enjoy learning and I know that if I end up doing something different in my role with my with the company next year, that's okay because that is what life is supposed to be about—a series of learning opportunities. But I, you know, I didn't come to this, come to Kumbaya or whatever on this. This only this past year, I would say, a um, year and a half, when I realized things are really not in control, especially, you know, going through this hooded journey and. Uh, getting more in tune spiritually I would say in the past year year, year and a half I've really been getting more in tune, in tune spiritually that has really helped me.
2: I'm inspired like beyond belief I'm like, so, <laughs> we have limited time and I have so many so many questions <laughs> Um, because I could tell that you're like a really like kind of quiet person <laughs> and we always have that initial I guess judgment of people when you first see them and if I were to just pick up the book and read it I'd be like oh yeah she knew what she wanted and she went after it and that's how it happened and a lot of times, <laughs> when people see like successful people or even stars and stuff like that they're like because that's where I put you at in my head you're a star so <laughs> a lot of well
1: times- thank you
2: a lot of times we see stuff like that we're like oh yeah they knew what they wanted and they just went for it and they just had this like out outstanding hard work or this outstanding prestige to just go after it and get it and like you said sometimes you just end up in life getting knocked a certain type of a way and now you're a writer <laughs> you said you weren't I
1: mean, a writer no I cannot write you know I was like I woke up the next day when it was actually yeah. I said like, oh I'm 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 an author now. Okay. Let me I'm throw like, that up there. Just
0: yes, yeah. put it on there.
1: <laughs> yeah, put it on there. But you know, Aisha, you said it right because it's funny because my mom says something, and I would have to go back in my WhatsApp to see because she said it the other day. But she said something <laughs> like uh, people see the success, right? And they see the glitch or they see the the, the rewards. And they see everything that has finally paid off and they think, oh, wow, you know, good for her. All these things happening and it seems easy. Yeah. And they don't understand the journey and the struggle. They don't understand. She, and she reminded me that I used to be in the lab till 4 a.m. by myself. And she said, you know, anything could have happened to you. You could have fall, fall off that ladder because I used to climb a ladder. Um, because of how my experiments were set up. She's like, you could have fallen down, you know, broken something and then laid there for for hours or days. Or I would be walking to my car. So I I would park maybe about half a mile, a little less than half a mile away from the lab. And at two o'clock in the morning or something, I would be walking back, walking to the car. Mm. On campus in Ithaca, which is upstate New York, wooded areas, right? Yeah. And sometimes I would call her and she would get up and she would walk with me. I remember one time I saw a skunk. I was like, oh my gosh, there's a skunk. I don't even think I could get to the car. And she reminded me of those times. And I think, I don't know if it's because of the experiences, the dramatic experiences, or just trying to live happy now you know i don't even think about those things anymore but when we talked about it i was like yeah you're right like that struggle was real real and it's it's crazy the struggles that you have to go through to get to these places so i i appreciate that and yes i am a quiet person my (laughs) friends won't tell you that but
2: (laughs) it could be because we work in the we've worked in mental health for so long and we're used to approaching people who are like, I don't feel like talking to people or I I don't like being around people or like, um, I don't like talking about my feelings. Like that's what we're used to kind of that Mm -hmm. persona all the time. So that's probably why we started a podcast. We were used to getting people to kind of like ease into
1: kind of realize
2: and it's always amazing Every time we meet somebody who has obviously, who have gone through, I don't feel like you can learn much from people who haven't gone through something. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's unfortunate that things have to go that way, but fails to win all in all. What would you say is something that um, you've experienced that, I guess, could have been a failure if you would have just kind of leaned into that, that you ended up turning Mm -hmm. into uh
1: so at first I, I was going to talk about um something that actually happened in graduate school but I'm not going to talk about it because then I'll be a spoiler late so <laughs> I, I'm going to think so I'm going to talk about something else and life is I won't say life is made up of a bunch of failures, but they when we really think and we try to dissect some of the experiences that we go through, there's a spectrum of failures, right? We just don't know them as failures. We count the failures as, oh my gosh, this huge thing happened to me and now I can't do what I had mm-hmm. planned to do and that's a failure. And I've that we go through some of these mini failures, it's just we're so, it's easier for us to overcome it that we don't count it. But we should still learn from it. So I still try to learn from those you know, missteps. One of the things I would say that was a failure was, and it's I'm so glad we're doing this now because this happened last week where back in Trinidad they're cleaning out the house randomly, you know, because Christmas is coming, I guess, and they start early. And they found a letter and that was one of the that was the first university I applied to. And I applied to go to university in Trinidad originally, and I got denied, and I ended up taking a year off, and I ended up finding Adelphi University. I think they had come to Trinidad, and um, they had come to Trinidad for some reason to, to recruit or something, and I ended up talking to somebody, um, and I applied for that, to that one school, but the fact that I was rejected from the school in that I was supposed to take everybody, right? Free education. And I went to, and I had the qualifications. I had most of the qualifications, but I was still waiting for some grades. I think back to that. And I think if I had decided to not take the opportunity to come to the U.S. to maybe just wait another year and apply again, and then see what happens I would have definitely not have been here because I wouldn't have gone Mm. to graduate school yeah Mm. I probably wouldn't have gone to graduate school I probably would have been on a different career path but Mm. because I failed that I ended up applying for this random school at the time I thought okay what is this random school called Adelphi I don't know what this is you know Adelphi University Long Island where is that what they do I was It was literally a shot in the dark where I was just like, let me apply to something. And because of that Adelphi experience, I got the experience at Georgia Tech in Atlanta for the summer undergraduate research experience. Because of that experience, that motivated me to apply to five graduate schools. So I applied to Columbia, MIT, um, Cornell, Georgia Tech, and I got into all of them. And thinking about me getting into all of these graduate schools, come mm. here to the one school that I really needed Jesus? to get into. How about Jesus? Know? Really, it's, it, it, it's really kind of, when you look at it in parallel, it's, it's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. Because maybe it was meant for me to fail so that mm. I could get to that point. Because if I hadn't failed, I wouldn't have, if I hadn't failed, I would have probably gone to school in Ue and that would have been fine because I would have been closer to my family yeah. and I would have still been motivated and still pushed for success but I feel as if because of the experiences I've been through it's a different type of success and I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: It, it does. It it totally yeah. does. It's so funny because sometimes you know when we're growing up when, when we're teenagers I I I think is the correct thing to say that most of us are kind of selfish in our thinking and that you know we're thinking about what we're going to do next we're thinking about our success you know Mm -hmm. and then maybe later on how we can help other people but it's so funny because once we get to towards the end of the road of let's say people pursue a degree or certain uh, career it stops being about our success and then more so about what can your success do for other people and so then you start feeling the weight on your shoulders about what it means to be successful. And I, and I read uh, about that in your book as well. And I'm like, oh my God, I know that feeling. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. and so it's, it's amazing to know that um, when God blesses us, it's not even just for us, but it's for other people too. And it kind of keeps you grateful and it keeps you humble to know that, okay, when I'm pushing through, it's not just me pushing through it's other people that need to see me push through so they can do the same thing. And know that, the, that, you know, they could see a finished product and you are definitely a finished product to this point. You have more adventures to go. But up to this point, I mean, shoot, it was inspiring and finished enough for me to be like, oh, my God, I have to pick her brain. She has to talk to us. I need like you, you have <laughs> no, so much to yeah, share. That's
1: well said. That's well said. It's so true. You just you really never know. um, You know, so my mom, she took a pick and she's like, yes. Yeah, Post that and throw it in their face yeah. that they didn't let you in. Frame like, it. Okay, Jenny, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I love yeah. your mom so, already. I don't even
1: know her. I, know. I love your mama. She <laughs> is a trip. She is a trip. And oh. then my dad, I sent him and he chimes in. He's like, yeah, as a matter of fact, you should pull up all the notes from those high school teachers who told you you were going to fail. Like, you okay look it's so i know look. they're going all the way back like, they yes. job being this super
0: petty they're super petty people <laughs> it's so funny but you know what that's a sign of great parents when they're petty on your behalf they're like look I know. Look at my baby
1: <laughs> i know So and because my because my dad he isn't like that full of emotion as i told you he's like petty in the dry way She's like, oh, yeah, you should look at your notes, too, and add that to, you know, <laughs> okay. keep it all in one. Yeah, and talk about it on, you know, when you're talking about your journey and stuff so people could learn from it. I said, okay, I see where you're all going. I, I Just... love the
0: Tag team that one. I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it has been amazing to talk to you. I'm so excited to finish up the book, and I'm not going to lie, this entire time that we were talking, I said to hold it back I didn't want to spoil anything but I oh my know gosh, like I just want to word vomit so much but for those of you guys who list, who are listening please get hooded I got it off Amazon because I much like her mom I did not want to wait for a physical copy okay I went ahead and downloaded it as soon as the pre-order came out okay so y'all go on Amazon get hooded by Dr. Grayson it's amazing like I was eating up pages matter of fact I was eating fried chicken in like one hand and then like took my greasy finger and was scrolling like the, the other. other hand, mm-hmm. like you already know, like if you could see my phone, it has like grease stain. like girl. <laughs> that is funny. Yes. Get hooded, get
1: hooded, and leave reviews because you know, reviews are really what help in the authors. And yeah. I have so much ma- so much respect right now for people who self-publish and people who are um up and coming authors because it really takes a lot of legwork and I realized reviews are really what help push people yeah. and push that visibility because the more reviews you get, the more visible Amazon kind of puts your book. And mm-hmm. everybody needs to make see this. Names. Exactly. Platform for Black women. You know, too there long our voice has been stifled. So let's make it happen.
0: Yes,
2: let's make, make a- it happen. I'm going to make a couple different names, a couple different emails. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anonymous. Yeah, girl, Anonymous one.
0: Anonymous, anonymous. I, anonymous. <laughs> I'm like, I, I love thought it. it and now where else can we find you?
1: You can find me on Instagram at Dr. Malaika Grayson. You can also find me on my website, www.malaikagrayson.com. And I actually have signed copies of the book on my website. So if people want to get a signed copy... And you can find me on LinkedIn, as we mentioned before earlier. And you just switched my name,
0: Malika Grayson. Heck yeah. I'm about to get me a signed copy. I'm going to put it in a box, in a case. You know what I'm saying? It's going <laughs> like, to be reserved. we going to have a talk show. And,
2: and, <laughs> and then we're going to be on the stage. I remember back in the day, <laughs> in 2020, during the great pandemic. The great, great. pandemic. <laughs> It, it's yeah. definitely
1: a, a memorable year. So, um, Ooh, you know, God.
0: it was meant to be all this year for sure. Yes. But, but you know what? God is good because people are starting businesses at a time like this. And I think Literally. it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think they should because any other time you wouldn't have so many freebies, grants, help mentorship there are people driving trying they want the economy to come back up so what are they doing exactly they're helping a lot of small businesses people So have time there you mm-hmm. people have time you know so yeah. uh on top of buying dr malika grayson's book also <laughs> if you're gonna start busy y'all better do it now do it so oh. i i did stem i started stemming Empowered and at llc in july
1: and i finished writing the book in july that's amazing so it was because I had to start working from home, and I had yeah. all this time yeah. because I wasn't driving back and forth. I wasn't traveling for work. I was stuck here on the weekends, like now is the time to finish. Yeah. And so this actually was, you know, a kind of just couple three month process of lots of fin- finishing two chapters, editing, 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 submitting, and then editing,
0: editing, editing, and publishing. Crazy. So mm. that was the time to take advantage now's the time y'all y'all heard the the doctor say it do it now Mm -hmm. Say do it do it it now.
2: on your um black girls guide to graduate school do you still
1: blog on there I do so that is now through my website malikagrayson.com and when you go there you'll see a blog I actually posted a blog recently on how to create a virtual graduate school space so I had a med student she did a guest piece and she talked about how she's created her virtual space, which is really hard for graduate students, really hard for med students, right? But she did it and it's amazing. Yeah, so visit, visit the website, the blog pieces are there, I feature some amazing women. And I really
0: appreciate the support. Okay, yeah, thank you so much. And we'll keep in contact, we'll keep in touch. We're gonna keep pushing this book too. All right, thank you ladies. Thank you for thank having you. me. Thank you for coming. Bye.
1: All right. Bye. I'm good.